0: to the Stop Ruining My Childhood podcast.
1: Uh, Sometimes nostalgic, sometimes cynical look back at pop culture.
0: Join us as we revisit movies, cartoons, and live-action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question...
1: Does this hold up, or did I just ruin my
0: childhood? My name is Megan. And I'm Steve. And if you haven't listened to us before, we have a cycle of what we watch. So one week we watch a cartoon, one week we watch a live-action TV show, and one week we watch a movie. So last week we reviewed and revisited The A-Team... And we did? this week.
1: First off, if you haven't heard us before, go back and start at the very first episode yes. and catch up. Don't <laughs> cheat and decide you're gonna jump in and, and then when we're 10 episodes in.
0: Listen, if so today we're reviewing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. Um, if that is your favorite movie and that's how you found us, jump in here. And if you don't find us too annoying. I'll go back and listen to the other
1: ones. Also, if you're on our website or, or our blog, you know, feel free to reach out to us. This is actually Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory episode we're recording right now. It was actually a fan request. One of our listeners requested it specifically, and we threw it yeah, in. Yeah,
0: so I want to say a shout-out to Anne-Marie. Um, Anne-Marie just got signed with an agent for her newest book. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Anne Marie. So this was actually a suggestion she gave us for Easter. Um but we and one of the reasons is because Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was played a lot. Um, during uh, Easter holiday. But we really felt like as Christians, we wanted to cover something that was a little more related to Easter directly, not just about candy. But we thought we'd put it in April. So this is why we're, we're doing this today. So I think it was a great suggestion. But before we get into the movie, um, we are going to try our Nostalgic Candy.
1: Our s- Nostalgic Snack non-sponsored of today <laughs> is the Gobstopper to go along with Willy Wonka, the everlasting Gobstopper.
0: That's the sound of it shaken in the That's box. That's
1: the sound in the box, right like that. If you haven't had it before, it is a hard candy. That's a jawbreaker um, that changes colors and flavors.
0: Yeah. So this is actually, it's interesting to me, this is something that is introduced in the movie.
1: Yep, and I mean, that actually plays a pretty significant role.
0: And that's why we picked it for today, even though the book was kind of inspired by Cadbury, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But the Everlasting Gobstopper was actually introduced in 1976, so five years after the movie, a Chicago candy company, Breaker Confections, um, which is a subsidiary of Quaker, and Quaker did sponsor the film. Okay. So that's why they have the official... Um, If you get Everlasting Gobstoppers, and if you can't find them, we'll link them on our blog, watch with us. But they do say, they have the Willy Wonka logo, and the Willy Wonka logo is there because Quaker sponsored the film. So that's, I think, kind of neat. During the production of the film, they did Scrumdiddlyumptious bars, which were like chocolate with caramel, and then they did peanut butter oompas, which were like a cross between M&M's and Reese's Pieces. Okay. But the willy wonka they got the name in 1971 so their candy could be used for tie-in so there are a number of different types of everlasting gobstoppers they all change flavor one time and then they have an inner that the inner part is supposed to be watermelon i don't know if i'm getting that
1: i don't think i've gotten to the inner part yet
0: i have one that is mine was cherry and then it changed to orange and you really can not tell the difference in yeah the flavor. i can
1: i can i can definitely get the different what well, color flavors. did you get Orange on the outside.
0: And then now you're at lemon? Yeah, Yeah, I can see right. it in your mouth, it's yellow.
1: <laughs> that sounds about right. The only thing I'm wondering about is this, this is like, you ha- you, you bought a box that's like movie candy size, mm-hmm. okay? That means that there's, uh, judging from what I read on the back of the box, there's roughly 81 gobstoppers in this box.
0: It would take right? forever. It would
1: take forever. It's not something you can like chow down during a movie. There we go. Like, the, the Gobstopper takes a little while to like wear down. Yeah, we actually. have an everlasting name.
0: We're, we're but I'm biting them to the center right oh, now
1: I got mine too
0: But we started eating these before we started recording Yeah Because they do take so long Sorry if you can hear that guys It's our, just our dog kind of walking around there She wants us to talk to her instead of you But I'm getting the watermelon in the middle Yeah I kind of like it yeah. If, if you hadn't, t- if I hadn't known that it was watermelon, I don't know that I would have guessed that. But it's fruity. This is, I think, you know, this is a movie candy that you take to, like, the drive-in and you share with, like, six other
1: people. Yeah, at least.
0: <laughs> or,
1: or it lasts you, like, a week.
0: Well, or if you're a kid who just, like, really wants to bite into it, you know, and get in there.
1: Really ruin your teeth.
0: So, unlike the ones from the book and the movies, the one in the movie is, like... It looks more like I think of like a sprocket. I know that's not really what it is.
1: Yeah, it's not round. It's like almost like a Jap.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's got like a lot of different globs on there and um, it's meant for children with very little candy money. So if they don't have forever. So it lasts forever. This didn't last forever, but it lasted a pretty long time. So we always Rate one out of five for the snack and one out of ten for the movie, mm. and of course we have to do golden tickets.
1: Okay. So
0: out of five golden tickets, what are you going to rate the Gobstopper?
1: Well, let's say you know it's tasty. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm not a huge fan of hard candy all the time. Yeah. Um, about the only hard candy I really mow down are fireballs.
0: Mm. Um, we not. I don't. I don't think we can review. I others. do like
1: fruity candy, so. <laughs> I guess I'm going to, I'll give it a three golden tickets.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm about the same. I mean, you know, we've been reviewing chocolate and um, I didn't say this last time, but I ate probably four of those caramel Cadbury eggs before buying the ones that we had for the show. (laughs) I was having a sweet tooth moment and I was like, yeah, well, you can always find more. Um, So chocolate's more my thing, but I, I would rate these a three as well they're good. I liked the flavor change. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would eat more than like two or three because they take a while, but you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe if you don't want your kids to have that much sugar, you can give them a cop stopper and then it lasts a little bit longer than say like popping a handful of M&Ms, you know? Yes. So, um, I do, I don't like the huge jawbreakers. I just always found those uncomfortable to try to eat. You know, the really big ones that you used to get when, mm-hmm. like, at the quarter machine in the grocery store. And also, they make me think of that movie Jawbreaker. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, okay. So, pause for effect. Yeah. Three out of five golden tickets for <laughs> everlasting gobstoppers. We're in
1: agreement. Three out of five.
0: We're actually in agreement on this. So, Let's see if we're in agreement on the movie. Well, we're gonna talk about the history of the movie. I have a lot of fun facts. So Steve's gonna give an overview. I'll go into a little bit of the history and some of the fun facts. I also have where the kids are today. Oh, okay. So excellent. we'll talk about that, and then um, and then we'll break, and then we'll do our full review and recap.
1: So, so. A summary of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We
0: are gonna spoil it.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's. But it's... it was filmed in 1971. So if you haven't seen it yet, you've had 50 years. <laughs> Yeah, that's, so that's I feel crazy. like you should be able to see it. If you have not, though, a basic summary of the movie it takes place in in England in the ni- early nineteen seventies, obviously. And uh, Willy Wonka is this recluse chocolatier who owns a chocolate factory and makes all sorts of candies. And he has been shut in for twenty years in his in his candy factory. Um, at one point, people were from other candy factories were trying to send spies in.
0: Mr. Slugworth. Um,
1: Slugworth was Arthur Slugworth um, Mm -hmm. of Slugworth candies was his biggest um, competition but they were trying to send in spies as workers and so one day Willy Wonka just shut the factory down and kicked everybody out. Three years after it shut down all of a sudden the lights and everything came back on the factory started running but the gates remained closed and he never brought anyone in. And so that's sort of where we pick up with our main character Charlie Bucket, who lives with his mom and his four grandparents, very poor, and basically they're trying to save every little ounce they can. And of course, he's enamored with the chocolate factory, which is in his hometown. And when it's announced that Willy Wonk is going to open up the factory for the first time in 20 years, and so he is spread out amongst all of his candy five golden tickets across the globe. And whoever finds those tickets in their candy wins admission to his chocolate factory and also they get a one they get a lifetime supply of chocolate so of course everyone in the world goes crazy looking for these tickets and one by one they start getting found by the other main children in this story so augustus gloop in germany finds the first ticket um and he is a kind of chunky kid Him and his parents just eat tremendous amounts of food. Matter of fact, his dad eats the microphone during the interview. Yes. The second one is Veruca Salt. Her father basically gives his daughter anything she wants. She's spoiled rotten. Violet Beauregard gets the third ticket. And she is a gum-chewing champion. And then... And she
0: is basically chomping the entire time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she always has gum in her mouth. Yeah. And then Mike TV... Um, Also from America. Never stops watching TV. He's dressed as a little cowboy. Uh, Matter of fact, he won't even stop watching TV to have the interview. Um, And his mom says he'll only answer questions on TV breaks. And so they're the first four. Um, Charlie's still hopeful. He he only opens two candy bars because that's all he actually has the money for. And then eventually uh, someone finds the fifth ticket. But it comes to find out that that was a ruse. And it was fake and so just as charlie thinks that all hope is lost he finds uh money to go in and buy chocolate he buys a a candy bar opens it up and finds the fifth golden ticket so the five of them all end up going on this tour with a number of things that pop up you see all these wonderful awesome things in the chocolate factory um then we'll get into a little bit of that during the recap and then Um, One by one, each of these kids gets eliminated, basically.
0: Like the Hunger Games? Yeah, almost like the Hunger Games. (laughs) Um,
1: At their own prop, but it's their own fault. It's always something that has to do with their main issues um, and their main faults. Until Charlie's the only one left. And then at the end, this is your spoiler, Charlie makes the right decision and Willy Wonka says... I'm giving you the whole chocolate factory, and you and your family can come and live here.
0: The little boy who got everything he ever wanted. That's true. That's and that's the end. And that's the end. So yeah, it's I know I say interesting a lot, but listen, if you don't find the history of this movie interesting, I don't know what you will find interesting. I find it totally fascinating. The book was actually written in 1964. He had a sequel, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, and for reasons I'll get into in a second, it was not made into a movie. <laughs> um, but there, there might be, actually, there might be a Netflix movie of that coming out soon. Oh, okay. But it was, it was announced... The Netflix movie was announced December 2019. For those of you who might be listening to this five years from now, mm-hmm. that was right before COVID hit. So I don't know if it got canceled with all of that kind of going on. But, you know, we talked about Cadbury last week, and he really was actually inspired by Cadbury. Uh, Raul Dahl live in England, and... Cadbury is a is a UK-based company. And essentially, around the 1920s, they had this huge rivalry with another company. And the two companies did try to send spies into each other's <laughs> factories. And at that point, they started becoming really protective of their chocolate-making processes. But what they would do is, they kind of tried to do like an early version of focus groups where they would go to schools and they would give children candies that they were developing. And then the kids would like give them feedback about what they liked best and things mm-hmm. like that. So that's kind of where it was kind of inspired that as a child, he had been exposed to that, to different candy How companies How did Cadbury
1: egg, egg ever make it past in a group?
0: I of- don't know. Listen, I don't know. <laughs> because But the full Cadbury Egg didn't make it until 1963. Okay. And they still make it, so we don't know. Anyway, so that's basically what inspired this story initially in the book. Charlie was of Afro-Caribbean descent, um, and the Oompa Loompas were African pygmies as well. And what's interesting is that the editor didn't think that a person of color would be interesting enough for kids to buy the book, because it was the very early 1960s. Right. And so the editor changed Charlie to be a white, but not that you would, I don't, I'm like, how would you even know? It's not like it's written into the text, but right. I suppose maybe the illustrations. Um, and then there was an outcry after the first version, the NAACP basically said to Raoul Dahl, you know, the factory resembles a slavery situation. And they're, they're from Africa. And because of that, he basically made some changes to the book. So if you get the original version of the book, the illustrations are different in Mm -hmm. that regard. And there's some of the text that's different as well. His first draft, there were 10 golden tickets instead of five.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: sometimes the kids were like, there were two kids that fell in the river. Okay. But I want to read you some of these names. Birdie Upside, Clarence Klump, Miranda Mary Piker... Tommy Trout back and there was apparently there were some deleted scenes as well there was a vanilla fudge room there was warming candies and there was also spotty powder which looks like sugar but makes children look like they have spots so they can skip school okay. which seems like a great thing to teach kids <laughs> although in the movie we get exploding candy for your enemies right Right. Um, so basically what happened is that this guy optioned for a film And Raoul Dahl hated the movie. He did not like it at all. He didn't like the fact that they had Willy Wonka in the title instead of Charlie. He thought that the music was too smarmy. And he was kind of questioning the casting of Gene Wilder. Okay. But basically... He just didn't like it. He thought it was too sentimental. So he kind of disowned the film. And because of that, and some also the film didn't make as much money as they were hoping initially. Mm -hmm. So because of those reasons, they never made the sequel. Also, because Peter Ostrom, who plays Charlie, they offered him a three picture deal. And one of them would have been the sequel. Okay. Um, he turned it down because he just wanted to be a regular kid. His he had his family had horses, and he saw the veterinarian working with the horses, and he was like, "I want to do that. I don't like all this. I don't want to be famous." And he's okay. like very like shy kind of person. So, so yeah, I I mentioned that Quaker Oats helped to support the film so that they could produce this um, Willy Wonka branded chocolates, and some people think that's why it's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because they wanted. That alliteration for their candy, as opposed to Charlie in the chocolate factory, right? right. So a, f- a few fun facts about the film itself. It's set in England, it's filmed in Germany.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so the the boy who plays Augustus Gloop, Michael Ballner, plays Augustus Gloop. He was actually from Germany, and I watched this with the commentary as well, mm-hmm. one time. And he, all the kids are on on there doing the commentary together. It's really fun. Um, if you can find that DVD. But basically, he said... He was, he was only filming for, like, a couple days to do his part. They were just looking for a kid who was kind of chubby, and he fit that. And that's why he has very few lines, because he didn't actually really speak English all that well. <laughs> um, he does now.
1: Because he's local from Munich.
0: Yeah, and so the, the other four kids really got to know each other. The two girls basically became best friends, and it seems like maybe stayed best friends, okay. which is fun. So a little bit about what happened to them... Denise Nickerson played Violet. She said that the gum chewing caused major cavities. And also she was given blue dye for the part where she becomes a blueberry. Mm -hmm. And it was coming out of her pores. Veruca injured her knee in one of the scenes and got a permanent scar. Um, Peter Ostrom, I said, he became uh, a veterinarian. And Veruca Julie Cole is a psychotherapist in a hospice for terminally ill children. Denise Nickerson was an actress for a while, but now she's a financial analyst for the aerospace company that helped to find Osama bin Laden.
1: Okay. I just think that that's a fun
0: fact. Um, Michael Ballner, who played Augustus, is an accountant. He just basically stayed in Germany, never knew that he was famous at all. And Paris Themen, who played Mike TV... He actually was a Disney Imagineer for a while. Oh, okay. And he had a lot of different roles in film and television, and then he became a casting director. So a so couple... Mike TV
1: went into TV. Went
0: into TV, yeah. So a couple of the kids stayed in show business, and a couple just didn't care for it and and ended up leaving. But my, my biggest thing is that they kept some of the information from the kids to get their real reactions. Mm-hmm. One of those pretty obvious reason, the big scene, which we'll talk about in a little bit where they fully come into the factory and the they chocolate see room, the chocolate river yep. and the fountain. all of that. None of them had seen before. So when Gene Wilder is kind of playing with them, he's doing that on purpose. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, The boat scene with all the creepy pictures, they did not know what was going to be coming up so that they would be genuinely kind of get like genuinely scared and surprised and things like that. So, yeah, it's kind of an interesting story of like how it was made and how it affected these kids lives. And some of them like this was just a thing that they did. And it's like a childhood memory. And a lot of them talk about it like going to summer camp. Because it was just this weird experience that they all had together and then it was over and they went back to real life. Um, Yeah, so that's a little bit about the history of the film. We're going to take our break here and when we come back, we'll get into our memories of the movie and then we'll do our full review and recap. This podcast is supported by its creators
1: and listeners like you.
0: Help keep our show ad-free by visiting our website, stopruiningmychildhood.com.
1: There you can find links to our social media
0: and this very podcast you're currently listening to.
1: Both Megan and I are authors, and you can find links to our books on our About page.
0: And on our Watch With Us page, you can find videos and links for all the shows and movies we discuss on the podcast.
1: And more importantly, links to buy the nostalgic snacks we review as well.
0: We also post bonus content about once a month.
1: So like, subscribe, and follow.
0: For a small, independent podcast like ours, it really does make a difference. Thanks. And now, back to the show. All right, we are back again. My name is Megan. And I'm Steve. And we're going to get into our memories of the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. What do you remember about that movie?
1: I've seen it. I mean, it was a childhood memory of mine. I saw it a number of times as a kid. Um, I loved it. I think it was just great, to be honest with you. It's interesting that Roald Dahl, one of the things that he wasn't sure about or didn't care for was the casting of Gene Wilder. Because Gene Wilder makes the movie. Yeah. If you take Gene Wilder out of there, and I think we saw that with the, re, with, the <laughs> new, with the new movie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, if you take Gene Wilder out of it, you don't have a movie. And I remember him because I was a huge Gene Wilder fan as a kid. You know, if you remember the 80s, Gene Wilder was in everything.
0: Everything. You
1: know, he was in a lot of stuff with Richard Pryor. He was yeah. in a lot of things. He was just comedic. But also, he started going to go into dramas, too. He's just a phenomenal actor. And I think he was so good in this role.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right. It does take kind of a delicate touch. And we're, we'll, we'll talk about that more later. So my I have kind of two memories of this. The first is that, you know, I didn't realize till I did the research that it didn't do that well in the box office. I know we're, you're going to touch yeah, we'll on that touch later. On that a
1: little bit, yeah.
0: But it really people who are, I would say, like older Gen Xers who were like born in the early 70s, This movie, I don't think, is quite as popular with them as it is with people our age and younger. And that is because it was shown at Easter so many times. And, like, a lot of times this and um, Wizard of Oz are -hmm. the two movies that are shown a lot at Easter. And then... When it had all these TV showings, it would be shown, like, again, we talked about this, like, HBO didn't have a lot of programming. Right. (laughs) So it was one of those ones that would be shown, like, on HBO or early TBS, like, over and over and over. And it developed kind of a cult following. And I think that that's why I liked it. And then it came out on VHS, which we did have a copy. Okay. And my brother and I would watch it a lot. It's certainly around this time of the year, but we would always fast forward through cheer up Charlie yes. where I, there's a, there's a, if you've ever seen John Mullaney, he has a little bit about Charlie's mother making laundry soup and sacrificing for the family. It is a very maudlin scene. So we'd kind of skip over it. And then my second memory is that I was doing like what they called field work mm-hmm. for my program at school in college. And Um, thankfully not as bad as when I, I showed splash to a five-year-old, which we talked about earlier, but we had this event for like, we had a family camp in at this church where we did like different camp activities, but inside it was like winter and all the kids were going stir crazy. So we thought we'd have this little event and we were like, let's show a movie. Like we didn't want like a church movie. We just wanted like a fun family movie. Well, the thing that nobody remembered is that the boat scene, if you are a very little kid, is quite scary. Yes. So we're showing this movie and it gets to the boat scene and uh, there were probably maybe 40, 30 or 40 little kids there and their, you know, their families. Mm-hmm. So some older kids within that. But I would say maybe three or four of those kids started crying and had to leave. Mm. And their families were like, we're just going to go home early. It's fine. Like, I felt so bad. But that's one of the things about movies from this era that we've been noticing that we don't have as many family movies. We have more like kids movies and adult movies. Yeah. And the movies that are for kids are highly sanitized, and this in a different way than Splash, obviously, but this really isn't. So those are kind of my two memories, freaking a bunch of kids out at a church. And I probably haven't seen it in about five years. I have it on DVD. Um, You can find this, you can buy it on Amazon Prime. I'm gonna link it there. And also right now, it's switching streaming services. So I'm not sure at the moment if it's going to be on Netflix or on HBO. But whichever one it is, when I set up the blog, I'll link it there too. Mm -hmm. In case anybody wants to see it again. So let's break it down. Does it hold up to our memories? Let's
1: look at the first chunk first. The first third, I think, is of the movie is... You know, has, doesn't have Willy Wonka in it at all, personally. Yeah. You hear his name a lot, but that's about it. But we see Charlie and his family.
0: Yeah, so what are some highlights, lowlights for you here?
1: Uh, first off, I like the introduction of the entire theme in the fact that they, mm-hmm. it opens up with kids getting out of school. They run to the local candy shop. Yes. And you have, you have the guy running the candy shop sings the Candyman song which was introduced in this movie.
0: Yeah. It was later
1: covered by Sammy Davis Jr., but this was the first introduction of that song.
0: Yeah, so this this music is done by Anthony Newley and Leslie Bricus, and they also did the songs, the original Dr. Doolittle. They have a very similar setup in Dr. Doolittle, the original Dr. Doolittle, mm-hmm. where they have a character basically singing, I know the doctor, and he's telling the whole story of the doctor, and that's kind of what this guy does here. They also, by the way, did the song Goldfinger and You Only Live Twice. I just find that kind of they funny. Decided,
1: they decided to take a James Bond
0: turn. Yeah, um, well, when you're doing movie music. But yeah, I agree. I love this song. We don't even see Charlie. But it also sets up this theme of the economic like disparity where there are all these kids in the town who are wealthy and a lot of the kids that he later is with on the tour are quite wealthy as yeah. well. And he really has nothing,
1: or, or at least middle class. Yeah, at least they can go class. to the candy shop after after school. Yeah, they're all getting the candy. The candy man singing the song. You see all the Wonka bars, and yeah. then it turns to the to the front window of the store, and poor. Disparaged Charlie is just standing yes. there looking in almost from the cold. But there, um, it
0: is really a kid's candy dream until you get to the real factory, which is like just magnifying right. that even more. But I also love that, you know, they're eating all this nostalgic candy, some of which we've had for this podcast. Yes. They're taking out rows of candy buttons. Candy like,
1: buttons, like, definitely.
0: And um, which are just so colorful and they're throwing, you know, they're digging into like you know, the hard candy and Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, it's just such a fun scene and it's a great song and it's really, it's really a fun way to start. And then we have, for me, a weird, I don't know if this is a highlight or a low light, but the tone totally shifts. Charlie's walking home. It's like desolate and there's a tinker with like a little, literally panhandling. He's got pans on a cart and Mm. he's like pulling it along and he says this weird rhyme um, and then he says, you know, nobody ever goes in and nobody ever comes out. Yeah,
1: as they're standing outside the locked chocolate yeah, factory.
0: Yeah, but it's, it, to, I never liked that as a kid. As an adult, I kind of appreciate its foreshadowing. It's giving you a little bit of the backstory and it's setting up that this is a mysterious place. There are two sides of this chocolate factory, mm-hmm. right? There's the fun side that we see in the candy shop where kids are getting sugared up. (laughs) And then there's this other side where, like, there might be something sinister going on.
1: Yeah, the rhyme says something about the little men. Yes. Which, of course, you later kind of find out are the Oompa Loompas. But it seems dark.
0: And we have a whole thing of Charlie and his family. (laughs) Again, as an adult, I'm watching this differently. The grandpa goes, he works too hard for a little boy. And the mom says, well... With the four of you bedridden for the last 20 years, it takes a lot to keep this household going.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. You got four old people bedridden for
0: 20, 20 years. years. Yeah, which is also the length of time that Willy Wonka's chocolate factory yeah. shut up. And Grandpa Joe, by the way, he looks to be maybe 65. So, since That's 40, what I
1: was thinking.
0: In the book Charlie's dad is actually in the picture and he puts the little caps on toothpaste, but he's replaced by a machine and that's uh-huh. why they, they don't have any money. So the toothpaste factory in town has been automated and a lot of people in town have lost money. But um, yeah, he brings in the bread. Charlie's got the bread and they're like, oh, we're going to have a real feast today."
1: Yeah, it's just a loaf of bread. It's like a baguette.
0: Steve goes it's just a loaf of bread but here's the thing I will say two things one I would guess without the laughter that there are probably people for whom a real baked loaf of bread is a treat mm-hmm. but the second thing is that really this is very Roald Dahl's books like they do this they take a situation like you know being impoverished and kind of exaggerate it to the nth degree yeah. so that when the boon comes it's even more spectacular, right. right? James and the Giant peach is kind of set up the same way. Matilda's got some things there like with the school and yeah. stuff. but yeah, but I just thought <laughs> there are these four, these four grandparents and the mom's trying her best and they're complaining about, you know, Charlie working too hard. And all of that. Any other highlights or lowlights of this part? Charlie
1: has a real dark attitude as far as like nothing ever good happens. Like he's kind of hoping to get the ticket, but at the same time, he's just like, that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Like I'm not, I'm never going to get that, Um, you know, and to the point where mom has to sing Cheer Up Charlie as she's (laughs) making laundry soup.
0: But also, also Grandpa Joe goes, of course you've got a better shot at it, Charlie, because you want it more.
1: Yeah, that's what? not how real world that's, works. That's horrible
0: advice, That's Grandpa probably Joe. what
1: let, got you in bed for twenty
0: years. I know. Um The other low light for me is the the teacher. I know it's supposed to be funny, but the teacher is so obnoxious, and I think it's just kind of trying to show that. No no part of Charlie's life is really that great. Right. He goes to school and he's mocked by the teacher and a really dumb teacher also, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, and then the second part of this very long introduction, we have finally the golden tickets are announced.
1: Yeah, the golden tickets are announced. And then you get the selection of the tickets and the introduction to each of the the five children, counting Charlie.
0: You know, the five children is kind of like... I like I like when they do, like, getting the team together. And this is kind of the opposite of that because these are never going to work as a team. No.
1: So this is the thing with the kids that, I, that as I'm watching it now as an adult, I look at, right? You have your basic surface area issues with the kids. Augustus Gloop eats too much. Yeah. Veruca Salt is spoiled. Violet Beauregard is like this gum chewing champion, she speaks she talks too much, she's always telling her mom, Shut up. Yeah. Right? Mike T V is constantly watching TV and that's the problem, right? Yeah. But when you look at it now as an adult and looking at it, there's some deeper and I don't know how deep Roll Doll was, right? But each one of these kids you can point to the fact that they represent like a major sin.
0: Yeah, right? that's true.
1: Adolphus Gloop is gluttony. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Veruca Salt is greed. Violet Beauregard is pride.
0: Oh, I was going to say unkindness. I would think think pride because
1: she's always saying, I'm the champion now. Look at me. I'm so great. And Mike TV is wrath. Yes. Because in his original opening, he's watching, (laughs) he's shooting his guns, he's watching TV, and the reporter says, you know, that's an awful lot of killing, Mike. Do you like that? And he says, what else is life for? I can't read through my real gun. Dad won't let me have it now. And his dad says, not to your 12. Like, he just wants to hurt people.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And what we have basically, now that you're saying that, I guess it reframes the adult things that are going on in between. Because we have um, a man in Germany who's trying to get therapy. And he's like, the archangel told me where the golden ticket was. And immediately the guy gets greedy and he's like, tell me where the ticket is, you fool. And then we have this woman who... Has her husband is being held for ransom, and all they want is her case of Wonka bars. And she's like, How long do I have to think about it? Yes. Right? And so the The
1: last case of Wonka bars is being auctioned at like.
0: And the queen takes.
1: The queen is waiting on it. Yes. And then
0: we also, um, the computer. Which I have to call out old tech alert because this computer is about the size of a warehouse. Yes. And the computer is talking back to the guy, telling him, I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to tell you where that stuff is. Yes. Um, so you do kind of have like these kids are supposed to be reflecting the larger problems in society. Having said that, the way that it's structured, to me, it's it's too long it's too long Mm -hmm. and it's kind of boring but they do have some funny bits like when they first show augustus they cut to the reporter he's standing with these antlers framed Right. right behind his head um veruca the the shot from above with all the workers who had been shelling peanuts and he goes they're working from dawn to dusk and she goes make them work nights yeah which and I she don't said, think I caught that. You don't that. love
1: me enough, Daddy. You never do any give me anything, and she's obviously spoiled a lot.
0: I know, but that line of make them work nights—I don't think yeah. I ever really got before. It just made me laugh. And then, yeah, and the mom and the dad after she gets the ticket, the mom goes, "Happiness and harmony—that's all that counts with children." So there are these lessons there of like they're trying to make her happy all the time, mm. and they're trying to keep the peace. And by being her friend and keeping the peace, they are spoiling her rotten. And
1: she's becoming a terrible human being. Yeah, and
0: I think you're right about Violet with Pride. Um, They did this in the the, the remake, and I think it was in the book, too, that she was also the champion of a bunch of other things. Yeah. Like, she had medals and trophies and that kind of thing. Another little joke in there, this has, like, just joke after joke after joke, but another little joke in there is that with Mike TV, his mom, Steve, said, his mom said he won't talk unless,
1: unless he's on a commercial break.
0: And she goes, "I serve all his TV dinners right here." Yeah, yeah. So again,
1: he's glued to the TV, but it's because they're allowing it; they're enabling him. They they haven't made him they haven't made him go out and play, right? Or step away from the TV. Yeah,
0: right. these are a lot of a lot of kids who are being mollycoddled by their by their parents, um,
1: and they're all in drastic contrast Sorry. to Charlie who cares about his family he's working a job after school giving all his money he's buying food and giving his money to his mom right he just yeah. cares about his grandpa like it's it's very you have a very selfless kid Versus all of these problems you and can see in a
0: literally it the only selfish thing that Charlie does in this whole movie, he even buys a candy bar and shares it with his grandfather. Yeah. Right? The only selfish thing he does is when he finds a coin in the sewer grate, he goes and buys a scrumdilly bar and shoves it in his mouth. But mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that he's very hungry at that yeah. point, too, because normally he thinks of other people and then he says i'm gonna buy he thinks about it and he says i'm gonna buy one more for my grandpa joe yeah. knowing that his grandpa likes chocolate and that's
1: the one that has the golden ticket in apparently, it.
0: apparently the other three grandparents can die <laughs> in that bed together <laughs> so in it basically in another lesson though that extra candy bar for his grandpa joe his kindness pays off because that's the one that has the ticket in yes it, right um so we kind of skipped over Cheer Up Charlie for a reason. <laughs> what do you think? Is that the worst part of the movie?
1: It, it, it's it's one pretty of sad. Them. Yeah, it's very sad, and it's just again, I did kind of mention point to it. It's it's one of the points where Charlie's just like, I wouldn't get it anyway. Like, why would I? Like,
0: it's supposed to be really emotional. The woman's voice is excellent. She she's a beautiful singer. It's just a very
1: sad. It's just song. a sad,
0: mopey song, and it really drags down the movie, especially since. Look, we haven't said this either, but this beginning part is like 40 minutes long. And everybody in the theater or in our bedroom as we're watching this just is like, get to the chocolate factory already. And so these parts with like all the adults wanting the tickets Mm -hmm. and the auction and the computer, blah, blah, blah. It's just holding things up, honestly. But he does get the ticket. And this is my other point of contention what happens, Steve, when he gets that ticket? Do you know what he does? That makes me so mad. No. He throws the chocolate in the gutter. <laughs> Charlie, I'm gonna say two things. Number one, we don't throw good chocolate away. No. Okay. That's, true, we that's do our not. that's our ethical stance. Number two, I'm sorry if you can hear the dog in the background. Number two, this is a kid for whom a loaf of bread is like. The feast to end all feasts, and he just throws away a a, a good bar of chocolate, and I don't like it.
1: Understandable, yeah. I don't
0: like it one bit. Then we have Slugworth come up to him. Now we've seen Slugworth with every single kid who's gotten a ticket. We didn't
1: hear what he was saying, but we saw him creepily... Putting his arm around children and whispering in their ears. Yeah,
0: he looks like a pedophile. Yeah, like I'd be, and and the parents are just like cool with it. I'd Guess be like, so. why do you? Why are you a grown man with your arm around my kid?
1: But he corners Charlie in a tunnel.
0: <laughs> yes, on the way home. So here's the deal. He tells him, uh, you know, the plot is that he's got to get the Everlast Gobstopper, and that if he does, he's going to give him ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Enough, I, I wrote this down exactly, enough for a good, a new house and good food and comfort for your, you and your family for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Ten grand, that's all it well, takes. Well,
1: compared to... Laundry and cabbage soup That's probably pretty that's good That's true
0: I mean look $10,000 would change Turn their lives yeah. around I But mean, I don't
1: know what the inflation rate was What, ni- what 1970 <laughs> I don't know $10,000 would be I day. just think
0: that that's hilarious And then we have the the dancing scene Charlie goes home And Grandpa Joe yeah. After 20 lazy years after of After 20 bed,
1: years of lazily sucking off Mom and Charlie <laughs> Jumps out of bed and dances around for the golden ticket. Now,
0: if you want to look at this from a a nice perspective, he has hope. And Charlie is losing hope as well. The mom looks like she's 60, even though she's actually 41. And, um, And they're living in a hovel. So, yeah, he has...
1: Finally, he has motivation to get up yeah. and to be strong, I guess. You could think of it that I way. I
0: guess. And then they have to be at the factory the next day. So now we finally...
1: Get to the factory.
0: Finally, after act one with just kind of Charlie's sad life and act, act two, two with getting the team together, now we have act three with at the factory.
1: Yes. And they all are, we we open up with them all there at 10 o'clock in the morning, like they're supposed to be. There's marching bands, there's reporters, there's a crowd, and the door opens at 10 o'clock on the dot.
0: And we also have, I think this was really smart on the part of the filmmakers, a lot of, Charlie's house is quite gray mm-hmm. and dingy. There's a lot of dirt there. Um, but a lot of the colors are those 70s, like avocado and, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, the burnt orange But here, we have a lot of color. The kids, Veruca is in a bright red dress. Violet is in a violet dress. (laughs) Um, Mike TV's in yellow. Uh, Charlie's in navy. And then Willy Wonka comes out and he's in purple. So we have, like, kind of... Even before the full color inside the factory, mm-hmm. we get like a little bit of a costume change, a little bit more color added in, which I thought was really smart. Yeah. On the part of the filmmakers.
1: And then you have the entrance of Willy Wonka. Okay. Gene Wilder comes in on a cane, acting very old, acting very impaired. He, he has to limp with the cane down the steps. And he comes, it's this long, kind of slow progression down this red carpet. Until he's ten feet from the gate, and he sticks his cane in the cobblestone, and he goes to take a step, and the cane stays, and he moves without it. And you see him kind of look up, and then he falls and somersaults forward, jumping up and and showing that he's very spry and very yeah. um you know still athletic and kind of youthful
0: fantastic um,
1: yeah and fantastic and it completely like you know puts the crowd the kids all think it's amazing and it was a phenomenal entrance and
0: you were telling me something about that as a choice that that wasn't in the script originally.
1: gene wilder like was very strongly want he wanted that to be
0: and i don't i think this is again another thing with the kids did not know because they, they he wanted their genuine reactions right. the first, and i am i'm, and I'm gene, guessing he didn't film that more than gene wilder
1: want definitely wanted this to be and now gene wilder is widely known for his improv yeah
0: right definitely. he was
1: allowed to improv in, a, in blazing saddles half of his lines were just him
0: yeah. right
1: and you could he actually caught a lot of his actors off guard in the middle of scenes He's just widely known for it, and this was something he came up with, and it really makes sense, and Gene Wilder, like, stuck by wanting it to stay in the film, because it basically shows you, for the rest of the film, that Willy Wonka can't be trusted, right? Yes. He's more than he seems.
0: Yes, there's something else going on there, and and you don't know what to expect the whole time. Um Which makes the wonders more wonderful and the horrors more horrific, basically. So, yeah, I think for me that was a huge highlight going in. And then, you know, I kind of, we get like a little piece where there's like a signing of a contract and blah, blah, blah. And so, again, it kind of feels like it, even though there's a reason for that, it feels like it takes a long time.
1: And I'm not sure if it was in the script, or I think it was probably allowed for Gene Wilde to do a little improv, but there's back and forth between the parents and him during the contract signing. Yes. And one of the moms, I think Mike TV's mom says something about, like, is there an indemnity? Is there an injury clause or something like that? And he says, never between friends. And he just keeps, like, (laughs) having the kids sign this stuff.
0: Yeah, and Mike. This was one of my favorite. One of my favorite lines. That is like a throwaway line. Mike TV goes. He's signing. And he saw this in a movie once. Guy had a, his wife sign an insurance policy. Then he bumped her off.
1: Gene Weiler goes clever.
0: Clever, yes. That's right. <laughs> clever. Hilarious is because they kind of do get bumped off yeah. one by one after they sign the contract. But one of the things I also noticed here is that Charlie is the only one who asks. So he turns to his grandfather and says, what do you think, Grandpa, should I sign it? All the other kids are like, get out of my way. And And Grandpa
1: Joe says, we got nothing to lose.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All the other parents tell the kids no, and they do it anyway. But I think that that's kind of interesting. If Grandpa Joe had said no, maybe Charlie would not have done it. But the, the fact is that he cares about his family, right? But we have this thing where they go into the hall. And Willy Wonka, they do this great thing with forced perspective and, mm-hmm. and making mm-hmm. them look like they're they're shrinking and things like that. Um, and they, he plays this little tune. And this woman, I guess this was an improv. She goes, Rachmaninoff. It's not Rock It's not Rachmaninoff at all. It's not. And, but I think we get a little bit of Gene Wilder here and not like more than acting like his actual self because he is so excited he turns and he's like you know i'm about to share this with you and he knows that he's about to open this door for something they've never seen and they've never seen it and you can just see like the smile and the glint in his eye and it's so much fun and then we open up on the room and finally we get the payout he
1: he says he says we're about to see the chocolate room he says now everything in this is eatable edible you can eat it (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> but they go in And it is I remember this as a kid And it's still It's pretty spectacular As an adult Although I don't remember the remake But I feel like You could probably Shine the, it up today The remake
1: uses Special effects and CGI It's not I the know, same
0: but. This is just, it's amazing. And There's what,
1: an indoor chocolate river with a waterfall. Yes. Everything literally, I mean, you see the kids grabbing things that are all edible. It's
0: not just the kids, though. The adults become like yeah. kids. And there have been these horrible adults. And the one you see taking a long, like, Twizzler red vine and biting into the middle of it. Mike TV's mom goes over to a big toadstool and there's, like, cream in the little white dots on the fake toadstool Mm -hmm. and she like starts eating it and apparently they just filmed their real reactions because they are just so excited um Faruka, the girl who plays Faruka, has to bust into this like watermelon looking thing she starts eating the jam out of it with her hands oh my goodness
1: um violet is like trying to jump up and grab stuff out of trees um and so is my tv and and Gene Wilder walks by nonchalantly, doesn't even look at him, and hits the tree with his cane and things fall out. <laughs> yes,
0: like a little pinata. And it's just so much fun. And, I, you know, I do think that the beginning part could be tightened up, but it really, it, there is a payout.
1: And it, There is a payout. There's twofold here. It's an amazing sight. You yes. see all this stuff and it just, it the kid in you even as an adult is like, oh my gosh. And your right?
0: imagination. And at the
1: same time, Gene Wilder sings, if you want to view paradise which is one yes. of the best songs
0: it really is this this movie really is hit or miss with songs i think you know the Candyman man is an amazing song this song if you want to view paradise simply look around and view it it's so beautiful and that compared to some of the other <laughs> some of the other kind of stickers we
1: have cheer up charlie we
0: have cheer up charlie and a few a few other ones that are just not not quite as good but yeah it's such it's a it's the whimsy and the excitement of it is set off by him singing you're getting that this is this guy's dream and he has been building this place to help bring dreams to life but nobody's seen it for 20 it, years but it, him it's
1: also phenomenal gene wilder again i mean i can't say so much about him but yeah his acting in this is phenomenal because um. you have all these parents and kids and everyone in this room just going nuts and freaking out and their eyes are so huge filled with wonder And Gene Wilder is nonchalantly walking through the room. It's not new to him. It's amazing, but he's more amazed by their reactions.
0: Yes. And a little bit of melancholy because he knows how horrible four out of the five of these kids are, right? right? But also that, um, yeah, this is like his baby, this is yeah. the thing he's been working on for a really long time. And so, he
1: sits and drinks the tea the teacup tulip and then crunches it and then eats it.
0: And do you know that's one of the only things that wasn't? He improved that and it okay. was made of wax. So and he, just he just in kept eating it. Yeah. Apparently he was just like doing it anyway. Like <laughs> once he did it, he was like, Now I have to go with it, which is just such a fun choice. But um yeah, so we have that, it's amazing, and then Augustus gets taken.
1: Yeah, Augustus starts drinking out of the chocolate river and Willy Wonka says, No, don't. You can't touch. My chocolate can't be touched by human hands when it's in the river. Stop. And then Augustus falls in.
0: And that's the only time he really cares about what they're doing because he's contaminating this chocolate. All the other times he's like, No, stop. And Augustus'
1: mom's going, My boy, my boy. And Willy Wonka's going, My chocolate, my chocolate.
0: (laughs) And again, (laughs) Charlie, the only one who tries to help.
1: He takes
0: over a big lollipop lollipop and he tries to get Augustus to grab it. um, So that's kind of fun. But it's
1: too late. Augustus gets pulled under and into the tube.
0: So then we get to the, the creepy boat scene. The boat takes us into the inventing room. The boat just... Oh, man. As a kid, that creeps me out. I wish I had remembered about it. I him. wish I knew
1: what the reason for that scene... Like, I like it. I ask that, too. I like it. It's The boat is amazing. The paddle boat's beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. Going on the chocolate rivers, neat looking. But then... I'm not sure if it was just to throw everyone off and make them seem like, who is Wonka? Like, what is this? Because you have this amazing chocolate room, this amazing factory, yeah. and then, like, these weird horrors as the boat feels like it's speeding through a tunnel. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I, to me, it's a very dated choice because mm-hmm. I I feel it feels, and this is the same thing I'm going to say about the TV room later. There are some movies from like the 60s and 70s that have these types of scenes. Think about like, I I know it's before this, but like Dumbo with like pink elephants on parade. They have like a weird psychedelic kind of scene. And I, I would ask the same thing. I'm not sure why it's there other than to have a juxtaposition. And also to make you question as a viewer, what actually is happening to these kids? Like, are they kind of getting really what they deserve or are Mm -hmm. they going to be okay but yeah the boat scene to me is is a real low then we come to the inventing room which i never loved as much as the chocolate room but now watching it back i'm like how fun there's a lot of puns and he sings this little song i don't know if it was written or if he came up with it but i sing it a lot (laughs) i turned to steve and i was like i sing this song a lot um Springtime, the only pretty thing time birds love to sing a ding a ding. That that little mm-hmm. thing, um, I don't know, it just for some reason it's this song that gets stuck in my head. And when it's springtime, I sometimes like find myself humming it. But, um, some of my highlights here he's putting a coat into a, a, a batch that's too cold, he puts sneakers in to um, give it a little kick, give it a little kick. Um, yeah, different little things like that, so it just shows you like. Like his very inventive process,
1: and of course, that's the un- the unveiling of the everlasting gobstopper, isn't the right? Room. And he allows each kid to take one with the promise that they never give it to anyone or speak a word of it to anyone.
0: I, I feel like one of the things here, again, he says it's for kids with very little pocket money. So it's for kids like Charlie. Mm-hmm. And it shows this little bit and also the bit where he's explaining how the Oompa Loompas came to be with him. Um, that he took those couple years and traveled and found these Oompa Loompas who were basically being enslaved and being mistreated and mm-hmm. brought them to... They were
1: being hunted by animals. Yeah, they and,
0: were being and, eaten. yeah, sorry, different versions of it I'm thinking of. But yeah, they were being hunted by animals. But he brings them into this factory, and it does show his compassion that he knows that not every kid can buy a Wonka bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wants to make something for them, but I loved all the little machines and the bibs and bobs and the squeaks and stuff like that. And then we come to the second kid being bumped off, Miss Violet Beauregard.
1: Violet Beauregard, yes.
0: The three course dinner gum. I was like obsessed with this idea. And that's
1: in, that's at the end of the invention room, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: I was obsessed with this idea that, (laughs) I love the joke here. He goes, it's a full three course meal. And the one parent goes, bull. And he goes, no roast beef.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. It's roast beef, right? Then mash—is it mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes with gravy, and, and then,
0: then the dessert. The dessert, which unfortunately which is blueberry. Pie. Yes, blueberry pie. um But it's so the way that she starts slowly turning blue and then blowing up to be a blue. And the great
1: thing too is why Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka. It, she goes she grabs it and he always warns him and says i wouldn't yep. do that and then as they are doing it he's like stop no okay like he yeah. knew they weren't gonna listen yeah and she so turns into a blueberry she
0: turns into a blueberry and gets taken out and then we have the lickable wallpaper awesome again Reminds me of like those scratch and sniff stickers yes. that we had as kids or like the smelly markers. Mm-hmm. But this you can actually taste and the snozberries taste like snozberries. Yes. <laughs> Apparently that's from a different book where it was used in an entirely different way, I won't say. Okay. Sure. It's, you can look it up. Look up no. Snowsberries and see the origin of that. But he's got these great aphorisms throughout the th- same thing. He grabs her face and he says, we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. Right, and,
1: and she says that Snowsberries don't exist.
0: Yeah, whoever heard of a Snowsberry? Yeah. <laughs> but he, those little, like... Those little nuggets, those little like almost like proverbs that he's dropping in yeah. throughout. Um. Willy
1: Wonka's is a dreamer.
0: He is, so, yeah. and it's it's so it's like it's a funny moment, and then it's also a weirdly sweet moment at the same time. And the
1: point is also that anything's possible in his factory.
0: Yes, and I wrote I wrote in my notes. Every line is gold. Yes, <laughs> and then Grandpa Joe is a troublemaker.
1: Yep, then Charlie and Grandpa Joe do something they're not supposed to. But if
0: you notice, it's not Charlie who says, hey, Willy Wonka said not to drink this, let's drink it anyway. Grandpa Joe says, let's just take some, they won't notice.
1: Yeah, he says, nobody's looking, let's drink some. Yeah. So he actually causes The fizzy causes lifting it, yes. drink. And they drink the little fizzy lifting drink, and they almost get chopped up, but then they are saved by burping.
0: Yes, which is so gross. Um, and, they, and it's horrible fake burping, too. It's like, uh.
1: Uh, (laughs) And they catch up with Willy Wonka and the rest of the group just in time to see the Golden Gooses.
0: Yeah, if I'm remembering from the book, I haven't read the book in a while. Um, I do have a copy of it, but I think that in the book these are squirrels. But I think that it was, at that point especially, and I think they did squirrels in the remake, but at that point, it would have been harder to do a fake squirrel than a fake goose. They They have
1: these huge
0: fake
1: gooses that lay golden chocolate eggs. And
0: they're octupled in size.
1: The goose are (laughs) quadrupled, the eggs are octupled. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Which is so funny. Um, A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. We get another aphorism here. But Veruca, I noticed, she's the only kid who has a song. We yeah. have songs with the Oompa Loompas. Um, and we have uh, before Charlie and his grandpa and all that. But she's the only other child who has a song. She, she has a great voice for, yeah. for a kid her I age. I want it now. I want it now. I had to look up Bean Feast. I never understood that as a kid. And then, of course, I she... want a Bean Feast! Yeah. What the heck is a Bean... A Bean Feast is in England it is a party or special occasion usually given for employers by employers for their workers their employees
1: and she's not a worker she has never right. lifted a finger so her, she wants a bean feed
0: right so she's treating her dad
1: as her boss yeah
0: well i mean she's right. his boss yeah. basically right um and and he goes oh one of those like she's had this before
1: yeah <laughs> and
0: she- and also, my other thing that I love in this song is that she says, "And I want to wear my, all of my braids in my hair, and I don't want to share." And I looked at Steve, and I go, "Why is she not sharing her braids? Why would that even be a thing?"
1: I wonder—is it supposed that to be? be I want to wear my braids in my hair, and then separately, I don't want to share. Oh, it's with definitely anyone. Yes.
0: separate. But Let's you're right—it
1: sounds together.
0: It sounds like she doesn't want to share her braids, and I'm like, "Yeah, don't share your braids. Like those, you can have." But, but yeah.
1: she ends up jumping up on the weight, the egg scale, She's a bad and it egg. says bad. And it drops her to the incinerator, and
0: she sings because she wants a golden goose. And Willy Wonka, probably for the first time in her life, goes, "She can't have yeah, one." Yeah, she
1: can't. You know, the dad says, "What's your price?" He says, "They're not for sale." Yeah. Just because he knows that that...
0: But what I love about that is he doesn't explain it. He's just like, no, she can't have she one. She can't have one. It's a straight yep. up no. And, and that's she, when
1: she goes into her singing tantrum. And destroys and then, his room. Then she gets dropped down to the incinerator shaft. And the dad jumps after her. And Grandpa Joe says, well, he got what he wanted. Ruka R- went first. <laughs> so
0: she, again, there are just these little jokes through the whole thing. Um, it's so, so great. And we haven't talked about the Oompa Loompa songs. They're they're cute. They're basically teaching kids the lesson of what well, each
1: what, the, what was wrong with the kid that And as you,
0: you te- said, it's almost like the seven deadly sins, right? Like mm-hmm. what their sin was. And and a lot and they mention a couple times that the parents are to blame. Yeah. That this is the fault of the parents. And we go to the TV room, ugh, okay. Yeah. Mm. The TV room, this is kind of a low for me. I love Veruca's song, and the TV room kind of like. Takes that energy out a little bit. But again, it's this very 60s, 70s thing where, like, the future, everything is white. Like, yeah. white walls, white clothes. Um, it looks a lot, if you watch, which I don't care for, the movie version of The Little Prince that was made around this time.
1: I didn't see that. But. Um,
0: or Clockwork Orange. Yeah. A lot of the stuff looks very similar to that. It's, it's very like a mod. Very yeah, well, yeah, it's a mixture between mod and futuristic. Um, but it Mike... Gets taken up into the TV and now he's miniature. And Willy Wonka goes, well, we'll just take him to the taffy room and have him pulled. Just like Violet yeah, was de-juiced.
1: He just young boys like this are still growing and they're stretchy. We'll bring him to the taffy room. But uh, what
0: I love is the mom... The actress's choice here to do the classic cross eyed faint, which I only have really seen it in like I don't think it's done like past the '90s, but a a couple movies in the '70s, a lot in the '80s. Like oh,
1: well he hands he hands Mike in the purse to to the Oompa Loompa and says, "Bring him to the taffy room and have him stretched." And the Oompa Loompa grabs him and whispers something, and Willy Wonka goes, "No, I won't hold you accountable."
0: Yeah, (laughs) and that's when she kind of. That's when she kind of faints there. Um, and then we are left just with Charlie. So we come to the end of the movie. They
1: walk out and Willy Wonka basically gives him a very curt That's it.
0: Okay, okay you're done. Bye.
1: And I got stuff to do. He pulls out paperwork and says I have bills and letters to write.
0: And poor little Charlie, his so heartbroken. He's like, Did we do something wrong? And I was like, Oh, Mm-hmm. You did, but I feel bad for him. And you. So,
1: so, Grandpa Joe and Charlie go into his office. Which
0: we need to talk about the set dressing for this office. It's so brilliant. It's phenomenal.
1: Everything's in half.
0: Everything is in half. half.
1: a sink, half a clock. Wait,
0: including the safe, which has half a lock on yes. it. He just, just
1: opens the door, he doesn't even unlock it.
0: So great it's so great it doesn't even need to be opened. it's like no. an open bookshelf yeah. instead of a safe um half a head for the hat to sit on yes um it's really a fun some and there's fun never choices. an
1: explanation why everything <laughs> in this room is a hat no.
0: they never tell you why oh. it's just such a fun like set dressing but it, choice it's an
1: interesting scene because grandpa joe comes in kind of upset with charlie and says hey where's his lifetime supply of chocolate and you see a different Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka turns angrily and snaps. He says, I'm busy. What do you want? And he mm-hmm. says, Lifetime supply of chocolate. And he says, he doesn't get any. You lost.
0: Yeah. And then he, he says, you signed weights.
1: the contract. You drank fizzy lifting root. You hit the top of my fan. Now it has to be cleaned. Like, you basically didn't follow the rules like you were supposed to. You lose.
0: Having said that, I, when watching it this time, I was wondering if... He's pretty sure that Charlie's going to do the right thing, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if this is Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka trying to be acting a little bit over the top to mm-hmm. push them to this point to yes. see really what he's going to do because it's so it, it's not real anger which no it's 100
1: but it looks it. it
0: looks yeah he's very and he's screaming and then Grandpa Joe yells back you're a crook. Yeah, And and I, I think this is interesting because he says to Charlie as they're going out, if Mr. Slugworth wants that, we're just going to give it to him. And that's when Charlie, again, the same beat that he took before when he bought the Wonka bar for his grandfather, he mm-hmm. takes a beat again and he does the right thing. He turns
1: around, he walks over, and he sets the Everlasting Gobstopper on the desk and just as, says, Mr. Wonka, and then walks away.
0: Yeah, and it, as if to kind of say, like, I know that you're mad at me, I understand that what I did was wrong, but I'm not gonna betray you anyway yeah. because he has really idolized this guy through the whole time yeah. the other kids are like this this place is crazy and he's like I think it's brilliant
1: right? And Willy this- Wonka is like these kids are terrible and Charlie and his grandpa are like these kids are terrible Yeah.
0: <laughs> and also I, we forgot to mention the little um, machine that they take that spits out all the cream as they're yeah. going to the TV room but even that he's like grandpa but he like enjoys it he yeah. finds it funny and Willy Wonka says why if if god wanted us to walk he wouldn't have invented roller skates yes it's those little things that charlie has appreciated the whole time and he really admires this guy so then when he gives it to him willy wonka's like charlie i knew you would do it my boy and he scoops him up and he tells him that he did the right thing and he's gonna get the chocolate factory and they go in the great glass elevator and now they're looking down on the town
1: on the factory, on the town. And it is and like he a fairy tale. basically says, bring your whole family, I'm giving you... And he explains that he decided many years ago that when it, his time came to retire, he had to give the chocolate factory to a child because an adult would want to do things their way.
0: Yeah, and so you get the idea that over the next few years, he's going to train Charlie up and teach him everything he knows. And then when he's ready to retire, he'll retire. Right. And Charlie can take care of the Oompa Loompas, and he can be the creator of all these wonderful imaginative things. And I guess now, saying that, he says, like, whatever happened to... You know the boy who dreamed he got everything he ever wanted. It is a lot like a fairy tale. It is so it like a real Grimm's fairy tale. You have
1: terrible things happening to children. The
0: terrible things happening to children and the darkness. And he
1: does reassure Charlie and say all the kids will leave just like they came. That was fine. Yeah,
0: to to talk about the remake. (sighs) One one thing I did like about the remake was that they showed the kids all coming out of the factory. Now Violet's still blue and Mike Mm -hmm. TV is like stretched and flat, but Mm -hmm. they all do come out right. But yeah, he gets everything he ever wanted, and he and his family are going to live happily ever after, and that's it. Credits roll, and yeah. we never get a sequel. No. Because <laughs> Roald Dahl did not like this movie, <laughs> apparently.
1: And, and and I don't think I would want one now, to be honest, because I, I think it has to have Gene Wilder. Rest I, don't, I case, can't imagine someone around. else could be that.
0: No, and look, you know.
1: <sighs> Although, you know what I, and this is weird, this is a crazy thought, and I don't think it would work. But it's funny because now as an adult and and seeing a lot of different things in movies I've seen now, I'm watching Gene Wilder, and with the quip and the quip and the undertone and the quip, I'm looking at it and going, Gene Wilder was a 1970s Ryan Reynolds. It's that kind of sarcastic, happy-go-lucky quip.
0: But Ryan Reynolds always plays Ryan Reynolds. Right. Um, the problem with the remake really was the fact that you didn't have Gene Wilder. I actually thought that the casting of the kids was pretty good. Some mm. of them are still acting now and they're amazing. Yes. They're amazing actors. But Johnny Depp has uh, made a choice and he chooses basically to do an impression of Michael Jackson in his latter days. And it doesn't work. It's it looks, very it's creepy. Terrible. It's creepy.
1: It's creepy. as terrible. Tim Burton doesn't do a great job. It's, they added a bunch it's, of It's stuff. a bad pairing with a story <clears throat> that should...
0: They added a bunch of stuff about fathers and how Willy Wonka didn't have a family and that he doesn't want Charlie to bring his family. No, the whole point is that... Willy Wonka made a family out of these Oompa Loompas. He's bringing Charlie into that family and his family members with him. And, and Johnny
1: Depp's Willy Wonka is completely unlikable.
0: It's not like, yes. There's
1: yes. no, you. even when Gene Wilder's being a jerk, he's a likable Willy Wonka.
0: Yeah, and you're rooting for him and he's being yeah. a jerk mostly against jerky kids. So, so Raul Dahl didn't like the movie. What did other people think
1: Reception. Of reception right. of Willy Wonka, Shark Factory. Um, first off, it was it was made in 1971 or came out in 71. Yep. It cost $3 Dollars to make, it boxed four million, so it made money. And even in the seventies, four million dollars is pretty decent. Um, but, but
0: three million to make is not a lot for that gorgeous chocolate room. No, that's surprising. They made it in
1: Germany, and again, it's nineteen seventy-one. Yeah, that's true. Right, it's that's a true. lot earlier. Yeah, um, so
0: it made a million dollars total.
1: My thought is, it's probably it's the effects that are costing so much. Yeah, probably. Million. Yeah, um, but it, it made four million in its release and its first run, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it had. It, it had a decent reviewing there were some people that were just thought it was phenomenal Roger Ebert gave it four out of four stars Oh okay and he and he, he was I have a quote here Robert Eger, Roger Ebert said probably the best film of its sort since The Wizard of Oz It is everything that family movies should or usually claim to be but aren't Delightful funny scary exciting and most of all a genuine work of imagination. Mm. Willy Wonka is such a surely and wonderfully spun fantasy that it works on all kinds of minds, and it is fascinating because, like all classic fantasy, it is fascinated with itself.
0: And it is shown a lot at the same time as Wizard, Wizard of Oz, Oz, which we talked about yeah. earlier. Yeah, so he let, he he hated Splash, but he loved this. That's interesting to yeah. me. Yeah.
1: Um, You know, uh, the Los Angeles Times praised the film, said it was lively and enjoyable. They said Wilder's performance was a real star turn. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't think... They thought the songs were instantly forgettable, which is interesting. Well, they're probably grouping them together, I guess. I mean... Um, So, interestingly enough, it it had a decent... There's a few people that thought it was kind of campy, but a lot of people did care for it. Now, it... It, it's debuted in 71, it makes its first run, it makes $4 million, and then it sort of dies off until the early 1980s where it gets a cult following.
0: Right. And as like
1: you said, kids, people our age... It was on TV, it was shown yeah. again, and all of a sudden it makes a huge a huge um, it's a little jump little bit back. like
0: the Christmas story. I don't think the Christmas story did great like at the box office, but then it was shown every Christmas on TBS over and over and over. You mm-hmm. know, it's one of those kind of yeah. things. And yeah.
1: now the original this the Willy Wonk and the Chocolate Factory in 1971 has a um, 91% rating on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Okay. So let's see if we agree. Um, we rated the candy one out of five golden tickets. Here, we're going to do one out of ten, like the mm. original book. What do you one think? One out of, ten, one golden golden out of ten
1: There's a few pieces to it that I think, you know, cheer up, Charlie. Ugh. It, there's some pieces to this that, that are slow, especially yeah. in the beginning. You know, it's interesting because uh, Roger Ebert, I said, said it was great. Gene Siskel gave it two stars. And mm. part of the reason was he said that there's a huge buildup There's such a build-up to the Chocolate Factory that it's tough for that to live up to it once you get there. Mm. And it's kind of a rush. It's like a third act. Yeah. Um, But even besides all that, I think that Gene Wilder's performance is phenomenal. I think the kids do a good job. I think the Chocolate Factory in itself is awesome. So Most of the songs that we pointed out were good, Mm -hmm. right? You know... If you want to view Paradise and The Candyman, the two, those two in themselves are bang on, and just the entire concept of the, of the the morals of of the entire story, I have to give it. I think I got to give it a nine out of ten.
0: Oh my goodness, tickets. Steve Hall, we are once again on the same page. I'm going to give it a nine out of ten as well, um, for pretty much the same reasons. What I wish that we had spent more time in the chocolate factory. Yeah. I think that it does feel a little rushed and I think that the first part does feel a little slow, but you know, if you edited this down to a tight hour 30, I think that it would be a different movie, but it might work a little bit better as it stands. You know, it has some flaws, but the kids are great. The singing is very good. The oopalumpas are fun. The ways that the kids get picked off, you know, if you've never watched it before, you're like, oh, what's going to happen to the next one? Yeah. <laughs> and How are they going to, you know, it's it's not, we talked about this with Leprechaun, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, how are they going to creatively kill off the character? They're not killed. But um, yeah, it's just a wonderful movie. You know, it's I've said before in a number up. of our
1: podcasts, a lot of times when I rate things, I'll say. You know, this is something that I would let my kids watch. Yeah. This is something that not only would I let my kids watch, but it would be one of those annual things. Let's watch Willy Wonka. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Wizard of Oz. And I've, I... think Roger Ebert hit it right on the head. I
0: would say, too, here's one of the other things about this. Other than the TV scene and some of the tech, like the, 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 the way the TVs look. Right. Um, the way the microphones look. Um, the computer scene, yes. <laughs> certainly. Outside of that... It really feels classic yeah. because they did film it in Germany. Um, and so you do have some of these 70s touches. But but especially once you get into the factory, it, it holds up today.
1: The factory holds up because everything is imaginary. Yeah. So there's not a lot of, yeah. like, there's the TV thing. But even that yeah. is transporting yeah, people. It's, it's even, not TV. It's
0: almost like watching an animated film where, like, Disney classic animation never feels dated to me. Right. So, pause for our big sound effect. Nine Nine out out of ten golden (laughs) Golden tickets tickets for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, We're going to link on our blog the links for the Everlasting Gobstoppers. Mm -hmm. And also one of the, oh, you know what? I'm going to link the book, too. I'll, okay. I'll put a link for the book in case anybody wants to read the book. And I will also link um, where you can watch the movie on streaming, although we had to watch it on DVD this week. Yes, but sir. you can watch it on streaming, and that'll be linked on our blog, Watch With Us, which you can find at StopRootingMyChildhood.com. Next week, we are watching Muppet Babies. And after that, we're going to watch Little House on the Prairie. So we're starting our cycle over again. And those are our choices coming up for cartoon and live action. But as Steve said, if you are watching along with us, if you are listening to this podcast, um, if you know us personally, send us a text. And if you're not and you're on Facebook or Twitter, um, drop us a line. Let us know what you'd like us to watch because we yeah. are open to suggestions. Go
1: to our Stop Ruining My Childhood facebook page which we have yeah and then and drop us a drop us a suggestion
0: yeah you can put it in a comment on one of our posts or you can dm us either Definitely. way so we'd love to hear from you guys and until next week we um we hope that oh well we'll hope that you have a great week <laughs> I'll right. put it that way thanks everybody i'm megan
1: and i'm steve thank you bye. for
0: listening Bye bye